Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Talking Smack podcast presented by the Griffcast here at Canisius College. Uh, games underway as of about uh, a little under a week ago now. Uh, Canisius is at an 0-3 start, but a couple other MAC teams have grabbed a couple big wins, as well as a few national games that uh, got some attention. So let's talk all about it. My name is Aiden Jai, alongside Adam Gorski. Let's do it. I was at their game um, on Sunday against St. Bonaventure. Uh, first game I saw the Griffs live. The Griffs are off to an 0-3 start. But um, overall, some things to be encouraged about. They only lose to Miami by 10, East Carolina by 12, and they only lost to St. Bonaventure by 9 mm-hmm. uh, in a game where they led by double digits yeah. um, in the second half, just kind of ran out of gas at the end. Only two field goals in the last 11 minutes of the game. Um, but you know, some, th- some things to see positively for the Griffs, yeah. I'd say. Yeah, no, absolutely. W- what kind of makes me laugh about this whole thing is that they played their best against Miami and St. Bonaventure. The game mm-hmm. in East Carolina where you thought they could pull out a win against a, a team from a better conference, I thought that mm-hmm. it was probably their worst game of their first three. Yeah, definitely. So, um, you know, but yeah, I, I was really impressed. I thought Malik Green was very, very impressive. He's been very, very impressive so far this year, especially against St. Bonaventure. I think that was definitely his best performance. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Armand Harid has stepped up and played some really, really big minutes for them. And he's averaging almost close to 14 a game through, through their first three. Sam right. Eitendahl is a guy who's been coming off the bench and giving them good minutes. So, yeah, you know, I, I think that, as you said, through these first three games, despite being 0-3, you look at the competition and to say you only lost to a power pretty, you know, a, a decent power five school by 10. Right. You don't, you lose to a, an East Carolina team who, like I said, I thought they would have had a better shot against, but either way, you only mm-hmm. lose to them by 12. Um, wasn't their best performance, but you only lose by 12. And then of course to lead at the Riley center against the ranked St. Bonaventure for yeah. the majority of that game. I mean, very, very impressive stuff from them so right. far. Right, and Reggie, and Reggie Witherspoon told me, you know, that collective improvement was going to be the big uh, the big key to this team. And so far through these first three games, we're seeing that. Malik Green has improved. Armand Harid, who you just mentioned, has improved. Steam Eitendahl is averaging almost double figures, uh, and he was out of that Miami game. Uh, Yako Fritz stats have gone up uh, just a little bit. Same with Jordan Henderson. Um, the one I'm a little concerned about is Amadou Fofana. He's only averaged six points in uh, those – those three games so far only scored uh, two points against East Carolina, but I think um, he definitely jumped up a little bit uh, in that St. Bonaventure game played, played pretty well with 10 points, but you got to think about, he only averaged eight points a game last year. So you're probably looking um, for him to average double figures, mm-hmm. um, but he's kind of been the only guy that I've kind of been concerned about. Xavier Long, I think has been a little disappointing too um, in, in those three games. So overall, like, they're talking about collective improvement, collective improvement uh, before the season started. And so far, I think they're getting that despite the 0-3 star. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if this is this is a team that's going to need like, you know, I, I mean, I think Malik Green is going to be their go-to guy this year. I think he's mm-hmm. kind of proven that early and often. I was not expecting Armand Harid to come out and have the, you know, the, the first three games he has. I think if he can continue to play the way he has, that'll be a big help for them. You know, uh, Jordan Henderson has obviously been a guy that's been around there a long time, certainly a mm-hmm. veteran on that team. And 
you know, I'd like to see him start to score a little bit more. And as you said, Fafana, I'd like to see him get a little bit more going at the guard position. But yeah, I, I think overall, despite pretty much to echo what I said earlier, despite being 0 3, you know, there are very good signs there for, for the Grizz. Right. Um, right. And speaking, I guess if we want to transition, speaking of a team that has shown really good signs and not so so much surprisingly so, Dayona Gales, 2 0 yeah, to start the year. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Two and to start the year, beat Appalachian State by 12, and then an overtime win over Harvard, 90 to 87. That's a really good win against yeah. a really good Harvard. Exactly. I was, I was just going to say that. Yeah, that is such an impressive win. I mean, because because Harvard has been one of the best mid majors in the country the past couple of years, and right. you know, once again, they're expected to be up there this year. So, yeah, that is a very very noteworthy win for sure for right. Patino and his guys. Nelly Jr. Joseph averaging 20 points. Mm-hmm. He had 28 points in that Harvard game. Yeah. 28. Yeah. Tyson Jolly is averaging 17 and a half, 16 and a half for Dylan Van Eyck. I mean, like, oh my God, this, this yeah. Iona team may even be better than expected. I know it, man. And, I know uh, it. Yeah, they'll have, they'll have a big game against Hofstra tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that'll be a good one at, at the Heinz Center. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And you know what? The other crazy thing to me is that Elijah Joyner, who was a guy that was really hyped and was expected to make a big impact through two games, he's only averaging nine points. And yeah. I mean, like, right. if you if he gets going and starts producing, he's averaging double figures. You could seriously have close to five guys, four guys putting up mm-hmm. double digits, you know, or averaging double digits. So same, same with another one um, in Barrett Jean Louis. Yeah, who scored all of two points in two games so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was a guy that was important for them last year. You know what right. I mean? He gave them minutes. He scored well. So yeah, God, it is, it really is just an embarrassment of riches for this Iona team. It is. It's, it's, it's really, really insane. And, you know, you can say, Oh, it's the Rick Patino effect. You can say whatever you want, but you know, you got to be able to play together and get wins. You know, if you, even if you have individual talent, you got to be able to play together and through two games, especially that Harvard game, um, mm-hmm. nothing but good things to say about that Iona team so far. Very, mm-hmm. very impressive stuff. And right. they're definitely solidifying themselves as the best team in the MAC. Right. I agree. Another team uh, that had an impressive one. I'm not going to look at their first game because they were playing a, a division three team, but that their second game, they beat Fordham uh, is the Manhattan Jaspers. Mm-hmm. Big win for them against a Fordham team. That's that might be a little improved next year. They have a new head coach in Kyle Neptune, the former Villanova assistant. Um, but I think that's a good start for that Manhattan team. Currently they're now 20 to old dominion, uh, as that game wraps up as we speak. Um, but a two and O start for them as well. Albeit it'll be two and one, uh, Ryder is two and one as well. Um, they beat teams that are in the 300 in, in Ken Palm. Uh, <laughs> but Hey, it's still two wins. True. Um, uh, Marist, Monmouth, Quinnipiac all have wins. Um, but that, that's it for, for wins for the Mac. Mm-hmm. Uh, one th- another team that might be a little bit better than what their record shows, and we talked about it for a minute before we started recording, is Niagara. Yeah. 0-2 start, but they played Xavier and Ohio State, and they only lost by a combined 13 points mm-hmm. in those two games. Yeah. Yeah, like they kept it very – like you know, they may have lost by 10 in that Ohio State game, but it was really a matter of them just – they couldn't quite get over the hump. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They were in that game – like the whole way, if they could have, yes. strung, if they could have strung a run together, they would have very much so been in that game. Right. Um, he, you know, they have been 
you know, as, as you said, despite being 0-2, you look at the games and you're like, three-point loss to Xavier, only a 10-point loss on the road to Ohio State and a ranked Ohio State. I mean, that is that's a solid start to the season. You know what I mean? You, you, you take that any day of the week, for right. sure. I mean, Mark, Hammond's been playing phenomenally. I think he's averaging close to 24 points a game. Yeah, 23 and a half through two games. 23 and a half. Yeah, so he's Marcus Hammond is doing Marcus Hammond things for sure. Um, you know, if, if he can continue to keep this play up again, and we know it's, it's early, of course, but you know, that could be very, very important for them. I mean, he, right. he's going to have to be the guy this year and he's proving so far that he can be, mm-hmm. um, Jordan Cintron has been good for them as well. Averaging 12 and a half over the, over the first two games. Um, Sam Arayo. Yep. Sam Arayo is another 18, 18, it was two and 18 which was interesting. Two points in the Xavier game, 18 points in the, uh, <laughs> the Ohio state game. So <laughs> a little go. bit of a, uh, a mixed bag for him. Yeah, no doubt. Oh my God. Yeah, no, that's, that, that is fascinating too. I mean, that, they're a team that we really didn't discuss a ton last week. Right. Um, just cause we weren't really expecting a ton, but you know, I think they definitely have put some, put some teams on notice. Um, right, for, I agree. for sure. And uh, another thing I wanted to mention, just to go back, um, talk about St. Bonaventure again, Sienna, who was a team we were, last week we were talking, we were very unsure of what to expect from them. So much turnover, mm-hmm. coaches, players wise. Um, they were another team. I mean, they ended up losing the game by close to 30, but they were, if I'm not mistaken, either tight or close to down four. They were only down four. Only down four at half. Yeah. And then they went cold. Bonaventure turned it on. End of story. But, you know, that's you know, another. Bonaventure is one of those teams. And, and you see it in both of those games. Bonaventure is a slow starting team. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think that might be something that hurts them moving forward. Um, because you get into, because they'll play. They're playing uh, – hold on. I still have Bonaventure's game notes from yesterday in front of me. Um, <laughs> or do I? I do. Um, so they, they play Boise State on Thursday. They're going down to Charleston um, where, where they're going to play some good teams. They'll play Boise State um, on Thursday. Then on Friday they'll play either Clemson or Temple. And then uh, they'll play a third game um, on Sunday. So I think that will be, you know, some interesting tests for the Bonnies um moving forward yeah yeah no doubt that's definitely gonna you know prove if they're you know they're for real a lot of those games are going to prove they're really deserve to be ranked because i mean those games that game against sienna yes they pulled away in the end and that especially that game against canisius mm-hmm. a lot of suspect play from a team that was expected to be very good and a team that is extremely experienced um you know Obviously, like I said, they pulled out wins. You know, a win is a win. But I think style points for a team that's ranked 23rd in the country and you want to move up in the rankings. Uh, 22nd st- now. Yeah, 22nd now. Yeah, you know, style points do matter. So, right. you know, you want, to, you want to try and win those games that you should be winning by a lot, by a lot. Right. So, and, and you know, especially we'll, we'll as you, And especially as if you're a mid-major school. Right. Yeah, that too. That's the right. other thing too, is like that you got to win games and you got to like blow them out too. Right. Exactly. Cause once you get into conference play and you're playing teams that are a tier, a definite tier below you, 
right you know you're not going to get as much credit as much attention for beating LaSalle by you know 10 points than you would right. beating Clemson or you know the, the other teams that they're going to be playing Temple They'll play, so, they play UConn they play Virginia Tech uh later on in the season too. right yeah yeah right oh yeah we talked about those two games last yeah. week yeah so no, definitely. I think I think that's very very interesting and something to keep an eye on for sure. Right. Especially those games coming up, just to see, you know, do they start stringing some better starts together? I, I think they're going to have to um, mm-hmm. as the season goes on, or else they will be punished and they will lose some games. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, that, I think that's definitely something that uh, they need to work on. Mm-hmm. Without but, a doubt, albeit still a good team. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think it was. Kyle Lofton hitting that three um, to take the lead was really what, what shifted the momentum. I think what really started um, to shift it was a dunk to like a baseball pass dunk. I forgot who passed it, but Dominic Welch had the dunk. Yeah. Um, probably Yako about four Fritz minutes into the second <laughs> half. And then Yako Fritz had an offensive foul on the ensuing possession. And that, I think the dunk made it a seven point game. And I think that's what finally started to shift the momentum a little bit, I'll say. Mm-hmm. No, I, I'd agree with that. Having watched the game, I, I would definitely agree. That dunk right. was right, really, you know, you could see it kind of starting to shift. And that dunk was like, oh, wow. Yeah, they're, they're, they're coming back here. <laughs> right, right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, good start uh, for Canisius, I'd say. Uh, they'll play Cleveland State uh, on Saturday before the home opener against uh, Fredonia State a week from tonight. Um, we'll transition over to national two huge games to talk about. Uh, the first one was Friday night, Saturday morning, whatever you want to call it. Um, 11 30 PM tip on the East coast, which sucked. <laughs> um, but UCLA, uh, comes back to beat Villanova in overtime, 86 to 77. Absolute hell of a game. Hell of a game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I caught uh, I caught I caught the first pretty a little bit of the first half. That it, it, it did, as you said, that did get a little too late for old man me. Um, <laughs> but you know, having having caught some of the highlights, I, I do think that that is a very very important win and a big win for UCLA early right. because I mean this was we were just talking about this last week how you know they were a very a decent to pretty good team before right. they made their NCAA tournament run last year. Right. Realistically, they were right. a okay, pretty good team. Right. They, so barely coming made, in, they barely made the tournament. Yes. So coming into this year or coming into this season, the, the question mark was, this was a team that brings back a lot of people, but that roster that they brought back was mediocre in the regular season, realistically. Right. So are they deserving of their number two ranking? Is this a team that's going to continue to improve, continue to get better? Mm-hmm. They definitely made a statement winning this game right. for right. sure. For sure. Definitely. Definitely. Might I also and say, I mean, might I also say this is a bit off topic, but yeah. Thank God for true road games for games like this. Yeah. Like true road, like shout out to Villanova for going to UCLA. Yeah, and I, I, this now, I was going to, I was going to bring up that because I have to find. I have to find a tweet now. Um, oh, was that what Chris Beer was talking about? Yes. After yes, Chris I saw Beer you retweet that. About. Yes. Yes. Um, after the the game on Saturday, after the Texas Gonzaga game on Saturday, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, 
he opened his press conference by saying games like Texas, Gonzaga, Villanova, UCLA are what's right for college basketball. Mm-hmm. He, could said, not agree he said, more. quote, it's what should happen in college basketball. The best teams in the country should play, should play real road games, unquote. And then he said he'll continue to schedule games like this, which I agree. It's right for college basketball for them to do that because you have a huge crowd at Pauley Pavilion. You have a huge crowd at uh, the kennel in Spokane. I mean, those are better than a neutral site game where it's just a meh atmosphere, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. Like I, I hate, I mean, it's a similar doing college football all the time too, with like, Oh, the big, the kickoff game when Alabama's playing friggin' Louisville or something, and they're playing it at, you know, AT&T stadium. And I'm like, right play like why why you know what I mean like that yeah. makes it so much less enjoyable because the crowd is a lot more neutral than it right. is you know fans of one team or the other right. so I in this case I love that I am such a big fan of that and shout out to Chris Beard for you know saying that he's going to do that because right. I really think that all coaches should aim to schedule at least one maybe two like you know ranked teams that is one, maybe two true road games or have a ranked team come to your place and, and just play a game, right? Like because, against another highly ranked team. Yes, correct. Like, I, I think that that is, you know, to quote Chris Beard, what, what he was saying, it's great for college basketball. Right. Great, great, great for the sport because it just it, makes it games so much in, more. Oh, yeah, sorry, go ahead. It, it brings in more exposure, too. It's going to bring in, you know, the average team. Like, because, yeah, also the problem with, with both of these games, once they started super late at night. Well, yeah, that was another thing. That was right. You're, you're, unfortunately, yeah. you're going to lose the casual viewer. Yeah, exactly. If you're, I mean, if you're, you're if you're on the west, if you're on the west coast, that's golden for you because you're starting right, right at eight. But east coast people, eleven thirty is a ridiculous start. Time. I mean, that that game didn't end until almost two in the morning. Yeah, east coast time, <laughs> which yeah. was not great. Yeah, no, I know. I almost didn't make it. I almost didn't make it through <laughs> the end of that game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I can imagine. But, I can imagine. Yeah. But yeah, I know. Uh, that's that, that that start time was brutal. But yeah, you know, the game itself, phenomenal game. Johnny G saying 25 points to lead, lead all scores. Um, he only shot, I think, just over 33% from the field, if I'm not mistaken. So not a super duper efficient night from him. But either way, 25 points, nothing he to scoff at. Nine of, he shot nine of 24. Yeah, nine of 24. One of eight from deep, which is a bit concerning. Yeah, but, you know, either well, way, as long as you're scoring, you know what I mean? I guess, I guess. As long I mean, as you're I mean scoring, he's one of those guys that can – I mean, if he's one of those guys that's going to put up a lot of shots. And you have and you have Jaime Jaquez, who shot 50% last – Right, exactly. You have and Jules Bernard, who was five for 11. Exactly. Tiger Campbell, who was five for nine. Right, exactly. And, you know, if, if there are guys that are, you know – their supporting cast and it's I hate, I hate to even call them supporting cast because you know Hawkes is fantastic Tiger Campbell's great but you know if they can be efficient and get their 10 to 20 points even if Zhang is not having a great game it's really not that should or it should not be I should say that big of a deal right um you know Villanova had some good performers too um mm-hmm. only four ben- or four points off the bench though I think is something that you know, sticks out to me. They only really right. played six guys. Um, all five of their score, all five of their starters were in double digits. Though. Right. Exactly. And I mean, exactly. So that kind of sort of, you know, alleviates right. some of that, but you know, I, I'm wondering if that is something that I'm not sure if that's what they're going to be rolling with all season. Um, it's something to kind of potentially keep an eye on, especially if, right. you know, foul trouble can always, you know, 
make that a little iffy, but right. um, yeah, great game. <laughs> yeah, great, great, great game. game. Um, yeah, so we'll move to night two of top five opponent games, Texas and Gonzaga. This was a game I feel like um, I almost expected that result. Texas mm-hmm. did play much, much better in the second half. Um, but Gonzaga goes into the locker room up 20 and, you know, they're feeling good about themselves. And I do, I do admire Texas for coming back and making it something of a game. Uh, they only lose by 12, 86 to 74. Um, but I mean, just overall drew Timmy. Wow. Yeah. Drew Timmy might be the best player in the country. Oh no, without, yeah, I'm, I feel pretty comfortable saying that to be honest with you. I mean, 37 points is. That is 37 points. 19 from the field. Oh, my God. That's unbelievable. Yeah, that is just so good. So, so good. I mean, he's he just he has proven once again why he is such a great player and such an important player to this team. Right. I mean. And I I think something to consider with this is they did all of this, scored 86 points against Texas, beat them by 12 with Chet Holmgren only scoring two points. mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I believe, I can't. Remember, I think you might have retweeted this too, um, which I think brings up a great point. I can't remember who said it, but just the fact that that just kind of shows you that Chet Holmgren is not going there to be the dude. You know what right. I mean? He's playing his role. He's fitting into the offense, fitting into the team however he can. Mm-hmm. Obviously, coming in, he's one of the bigger name recruits in the country. You expect, oh, he's going to average twenty a game. You know, right? Him to go there and kind of just settle in and play a role i mean he only shot the ball three times you know i mean that's it's not like he scored two points on 15 shot attempts he scored two points on three shots (laughs) he shot the ball the least out of all five of their starters so i think that that is something noteworthy i think that that's something that you know i respect how chad homegrown because you 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 certainly could look at you know some other prospects or have a have a different attitude about that and want to be the guy and right wouldn't accept that kind of a role so you know, credit to him where it's due, but yeah, the fact that your top recruit only scores two points and you still manage to lead a top five team by 20 at halftime and beat them by 12. That's, uh, that's pretty, pretty impressive. Gonzaga is still really good. (laughs) Right. Still really good. And another player on, on that Gonzaga team, uh, that I noticed a lot, he he only scored nine points was Andrew Nemhard. And I think because this is his second year at Gonzaga. Yeah, this is his second year at Gonzaga. Um, Florida, Andrew Nemhard is so much of a different player than Gonzaga, Andrew Nemhard. And Gonzaga, Andrew Nemhard, I think is a much better player. His mm-hmm. stats have dipped a little bit. However, I think he's getting that confidence in himself and he's playing more smoothly, mm-hmm. um, I'd say. Yeah. So I, I, I just think overall that he's becoming a better player as well. And he's going to be a really solid role player for this Gonzaga team last year, similar to the way he was last year. Yeah. I, I was just going to mention that. I mean, last year, he, he was kind of that almost forgotten guy, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because I mean, you had so much talent on that team that went to the championship game that he was kind of overlooked, but he had some, he, he, he's again, talking about roles. He just played his role. He knew what he had to do. He knew he wasn't going to have a ton of shots, a ton of looks, but he took advantage of what he had and just contributed to the best of his ability. 
And for him to, I mean, he played the most minutes anybody last night or last night, whenever the game, whenever that game was, um, played 40 minutes, had nine points, shot the ball nine times. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and as you said, he just looked like he belonged. He looked like a very good player. So, right, you know, I, I completely agree with your point. I think that he is a, a better player than he was at Florida and B he is going to be even more important to this team this year than he was last year, in my right. opinion. Right. I, I, I would tend to agree with that. By the way, um, Marquette is only down one against Illinois with a minute to play. Um, oh, yeah. That, that game is at Marquette, too. Oh, wow. Um, so that, that's that, that's interesting. We'll have to yeah. monitor that. As, uh, I was about to say, yeah, last a little, little live goes, scoring last going on minute here. of the game goes down. Um, <laughs> one, one other result I do want to talk um, about from yesterday is Florida kind of blows out Florida State. Yeah. That, that is a good that is a good Florida team who's mm-hmm. now ranked they're they're 24th in the country now. Um do you think that's worrisome for that Seminole team? Um I don't know. I I think that it's not I mean of course it's not ideal, but no. I do think that it's not it's not time to hit the panic button cuz yeah. this is a like you said this is this Florida team is not like atrocious i mean colin castleton was phenomenal in the the tournament last year and he's a very very talented player for florida um so i'm not gonna sit here and be like oh yeah florida state season season over Mm -hmm. um you know obviously if you lose that game you would have liked to have been a little bit closer um than losing by 16 but you know you, you got looking at their schedule they got Tulane. um they, they play at Purdue on November 30th. That's going to be a very, very – That'll be an interesting game. Yeah, a very interesting game. I think that's at Purdue, unless it's neutral site. Let me make sure of that. Um, uh, yeah, that's at, no, that's at Mackey. It's, at, it's, a, it's a true road game. Yes, true road game. Hey, shot another, shot another ranked, ranked unranked – or potentially ranked unranked true road game. They might I love be back that. ranked by then. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you got a couple cupcake games, a few cupcake games that you should win to get back on track, and then that big win against Purdue. So – um, not overly concerned, but not ideal. I, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'd, uh, I think I'd think that's fair. Um, one, so, so some more things that I do want to talk about is the bottom tier of the Pac-12 is kind of ugly. Jeez. Oh, Arizona State loses the game to UC Riverside, albeit. Um. Oh yeah, that was crazy. crazy. Half court shot. That was crazy. Uh, shut up! Shut up, Mike McPayo. Yeah. He's done a hell of a job with that UC Riverside program. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, my, I, I want to say Mike McPayo is doing a really good job um, at UC Riverside because they won a game against the Pac-12 opponent last year too. Um, I want to say, who was it? I have no idea. Off the top of my head, I do not know. Washington. <laughs> it was Washington. Oh, okay. In Washington last year. So. And this, that's a group that went eight and four in the big West last year. Um, and then they go out and they beat Arizona state um, in the first, in their second game of the year. They only lo- they only lost by 13 to San Diego state. Um, but yeah, anyway, Mike McPayo doing a hell of a job at UC Riverside. Um, mm-hmm. But then Oregon state loses a game to Iowa state, which is fine. I think neither of those teams are very good. 
Stanford gets loses by 16 to Santa Clara um, on Friday. Ooh. Washington lost a game to Northern Illinois on the opening night of the season. And also on the opening night of the season, California lost to UC San Diego. Oh, my so, God. So not the best start Jeez. for the Pac-12. Yeah, that is a uh, – you want to talk about top-heavy and white-bottom. Oh, my God. Right. That is crazy. Which I do get that, that the Pac-12 is a little, you know, top-heavy and most of the, and the teams at the bottom are not good at all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think that's worrisome. Like if the, if the Pac-12 is making a habit of losing bye games, um, you know, that's, that's not going to be going to be good for them. Another program that lost a bye game was Pitt, by the way, they lose by 15 to the Citadel. Oh um, my God. Yeah. Not, not, not good for them. Yeah. That um, is crazy, man. I mean, I mean, we've talked about Pitt in the past, but that is, I genuinely feel bad because that program was so good for a long time and right. what a fall from grace, man. Right. And I mean, Jeff Capel did inherit a bad situation when he came in a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. However, you can't make a habit of losing by games. Yeah. Cause I mean, I know you got to Like if you're, if you're a bad program, you got to take wins where you can get them. You know what I mean? Right. You can't, you can't be losing games like that. That number right. one, it sets you up for failure for the rest of the year, because if you're losing games like that, how the heck are you going to compete in the ACC? Right. Um, number two, because they, they've lost, I think they've lost four by games in the non-conference schedule since Jeff Capel has been there. Wow. Yes. Um, let me just let me just make sure Capel has been there since then. Oh yeah, they lost to Niagara in 2019, Nichols in 2020, St. Francis in 2021, and then this year to the Citadel. So they've oh. lost. They made it. They've lost four. They've lost a non-conference home game to a lower tier team every single year Jeff Capel has been there. Yeah, that is you can't be doing brutal. that. I know he he inherited a really tough situation. And you have to um you know have some sympathy for him there, mm-hmm. but you can't make a habit of doing that. Yeah. No, absolutely not. Um, speaking of kind of speaking of the ACC, uh, another oh by the way, Marquette upset Illinois. I just saw that. There you go. Wow. That, that game is final? That is final. Just ended 67-66. Well, ah. guys, I know I was just hyping up Illinois last week. Um, that was not me. That was somebody else. Um, <laughs> my brother came in and was talking. You probably couldn't tell the difference in the voices. That was not me. Okay. Um, definitely not me. I would never, never would. Not, not. I was not a bandwagon Illinois fan last year. Not at all. That was not me. <laughs> Um, Reno yeah, starts at the Shaka Smart era at Marquette. Yeah, no kidding. Wow. Yeah, that is a quality, quality win. Let me that get is, a little that live is a big win for them. Yeah, a little and live if that's box like, score. And if we're, and if Marquette is one of those teams that we're looking at for, you know, a bubble team come early March, you know, late February, early March, we're gonna look back at this yeah. win and be like, hey. It'd be in Illinois. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I'm looking looking at this. No Kofi Cur- Coburn for Illinois. Right. Ooh, four of 18 for Andre Curbelo on the night. Ooh, yikes. Yikes. Yeah, that is not very good. <laughs> yeah. That is bad. 11 points on four of 18 from your one of your go-to guys is not going to get no. you the job done. Yeah. Um, Daryl Morsell, the, uh, the, the Maryland transfer, 21 points on 7 of 12 shooting for Marquette. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
but yikes, yeah, Illinois. Oof. Yeah, that's and Marquette tough one did right that there. despite shooting nine of seventeen or five of seventeen, sorry, from three. Mm-hmm. And they only made fifty-eight percent of their free throws. Meanwhile, yeah. Illinois made sixty-three percent of theirs. Yeah, that's that's brutal. That's, I mean, that's yeah. that's that's funny that's too. Bad, One point, that's a bad loss for Illinois. That's a really bad loss for Illinois. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's and that always makes me laugh whenever it's like a one point game like that, and you look at free throws and it's like fifty percent and sixty percent. It's like if you literally are just the slightest bit more efficient, you win that game. Right. Which is crazy. But. Illinois. Illinois was seven of eleven. So. I don't know. Not ter- not yeah, actually, good. okay, never mind. Not my bad. I was just going out of the percentage. That's not um, And then Marquette was 18 of 31. Not, not yeah, great. Not great. But, but yeah, hey, that, is a, that is a big win. Yeah, big win for Marquette. Right. Big loss for Illinois. Um, yeah. Anyways, what the heck was I saying? Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, ACC, uh, Virginia. Uh, they came into the season being ranked 25th, uh, lost to Navy uh, their first game of the year which was uh, certainly an upset. Um, if we've learned anything outside of Duke's win over Army, it's that the ACC respects the troops. True. <laughs> very, very good point. Got to respect the troops. See, that's, that's the thing, right. man. That's here. Petition to the NCAA or more and more specifically to the AP poll. Yes. Um, if a team loses to a military academy, it does not count because we respect yes. the troops around here. Because we respect the troops. Absolutely. Respect the hell out of the troops. But That's right. Yeah, that is that is tough. That is a tough loss for Virginia. Uh, they obviously dropped out of the top twenty-five. Um, if I'm looking at the game flow here, they went scoreless for from with eight forty-five to play in the second half to uh, about fifteen seconds to go. So they were scoreless Yikes. for pretty much the last eight and a half minutes of the game um, yeah, as they great. as they lose to Navy. So, yeah, not great for the Cavaliers. Yeah, no, yeah, no, that can't – that can't. And yeah, the second half was only 24 to 23. Interesting. Yeah. Um, By the way, Virginia plays Houston tomorrow. That's an interesting bounce-back game for them. Oh, I didn't, I didn't even know they played Houston. Yeah, that they is – They play at Houston tomorrow. True road game. Hey, let's go. 8 o'clock tomorrow. Let's go. Dude, that is going to be like – if we ever run for office, Aiden. Okay. We're, our, our ticket is going to be supported off of true road games in college basketball. That's going to be our main our main yes. policy. I, I think. agree. I think we should do that. I'm, I'm 100% <laughs> down for that if you're down. Um, yes. Hell yeah. But, yeah, that, that, that is definitely – going back to your point, that is definitely a, a very good chance for a bounce back for Virginia. I think that, I think that is – that's one of those like under the radar interesting games, I right. think for sure. Um, and by the way, just because this is another another score that I have up on my uh, scoreboard here on my on ESPN, um, UB is currently losing to North Texas, and I know North Texas is a, is a decent team this year, but that's a bit disappointing <laughs> considering yeah. UB. Uh, they, they hung they hung around against Michigan. They did on Wednesday. Did. I, I did watch that game. They did a good job. Yeah, I know. I was, I was really, I was impressed. I was impressed. Yeah. My brother goes to Buffalo now, so I'm okay. kind of, I'm a bit of a, a closet UB fan now. So, oh, um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I know. I caught caught a caught a good bit of that game. Um, you know, they were down, I think, twenty at one point in the first half, but they they came back yeah. and made it a game. So they did. 
you know, Jonathan Williams with 32 points, I think he's going to be really good this year. I think he has the potential to be one of the better mid-major players in the country. Right. I mean, he's got, he's got all the tools. He's experienced. He's long, can score, can shoot. So really kind of, I'm I'm excited to see how he, uh, how he, his year goes. Right. Um, But yeah, you know, Hunter Dickinson was really, really good in that Michigan game, by the way. Uh, He had 27 and six on 11 to 17. So you know, can't say can't say I'm shocked there that Hunter Dickinson Hunter Dickinson's playing well, but right. Um, yeah, I mean that was a that was a that was a pretty that was a solid win for Michigan. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it it is you're playing a mid major, but UB's a very good mid major. So, oh my God, here's a score from tonight: UMass 81, Penn State 56. UMass beat Penn State by 25. Oh my. Yuck. Oh, what? Jeez. Oh, my God. That is brutal. Yes. Dang, man. That is really brutal. Holy smokes. Yeah. Wow. All right. <laughs> I, I don't know how UMass is supposed to be this year. They're yeah, I, was about to say, I don't know if UMass is any good. You know, let, me, let me hit a little. Their results are, UMass's results are interesting. They beat UMBC by 17, lose to Yale by 20, and then beat Penn State by 25. <laughs> so UMass is 125th in Ken Palm. Yes. And Penn State was 64th entering tonight. So not a great, not a great the game for Penn yeah. State there for the Nittany Lions. Yeah. For former Sienna Saint, Jalen Pickett. Yes. Bad night for him. Two of nine. Ooh. Shooting. Yeah, not great. He had seven assists, though. All right, well. Seven point seven assists. At least he's making up for it somehow. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, he's averaging nine points through uh, Penn State's first two games of the season. So, yeah. not a bad start for him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, adjusting to, you know, the Big Ten level. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. So, 100%. Yeah, I didn't really have anything else to add if you did not. No, I did not either. I mean, I don't know. Want to talk about uh, some games coming up this week, I suppose. We already hit on Virginia-Houston yeah. being uh, potentially pretty good. Um, I'm, I'm excited for that doubleheader on Saturday. Uh, Villanova will play Tennessee, and Purdue will play North Carolina. Yeah, uh, That game is at a neutral site in uh, at Mohegan Sun Arena in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that'll be a really fun doubleheader. Oh no, absolutely, uh, absolutely. Yeah. I'm curious to see that. That really kind of presents a very cool opportunity for Tennessee and North Carolina to kind of say, "Hey, you know, we're kind of that mid-tier ranked team." You right. know, that it it gives them a platter or, or right. a, a signature win is handed them on a silver platter if they can take it. You right. know, I think that's really important. And then. You can say the same thing for Villanova and Purdue. You know, they're I would assume that both are going to be favored heading into that game. So gives them a chance to score a quality win. Um, especially, you know, when, when we get to tournament time and seedings and all that. Right. Um, that, that's certainly something that you could look back on and say, Oh wow, you know, that right. that, that could help seeding. So yeah, right. I think I'm I'm really I will try my best to catch one of those games for sure. Yeah. I think I yeah, will I think it'll close, uh, but I think it'll be I think it'll be an interesting time. I think there's a lot of, you know, quality non-conference games out there right now. Mm-hmm. And like you said earlier, and like we talked about with Chris Beard, what, what he said, um, a lot of quality teams are scheduling a lot of 
quality non-conference games and putting themselves in these multi-team invitationals where they know they're going to face quality competition, which mm-hmm. is good for the sport in general and just good for these teams overall. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I'm really, I'm really, really digging the influx of, uh, of true road games, true ranked right. team road games. Like I know we've talked about that probably 10 times now, but I right. really, really, really love that. It's great. Yeah. It's great for the game. It is. It is. And uh, next week we'll be talking about the start of feast week. True. Yeah. Also true. Also true. Oh my so God. I can't go. believe Thanksgiving's next week. That's so weird. Uh, I know. Yeah. It's weird. I, uh, yeah. Still not really dude. Like I see so many people like at my job at Wegmans. Those that right. don't work at Wegmans. I see people buying turkeys and I'm, it still doesn't click in my head that like it's November 15th. I'm right. still not like mentally all there. I don't think. Right. <laughs> there's your, there's your, yeah, uh, right. there's your mental. That, that was philosophical. Yeah. That was thank great. You. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Hey yeah. man, people don't come here for basketball talk. They come here for philosophy. That's so. right. That's right. Um, um, and also, by the way, also, USC is playing a true road game at Florida Gulf Coast tomorrow. That's Andy Enfield, though. I keep forgetting that Andy Enfield is still the coach at USC. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that is true. I, wow, that's kind of the man. That's actually kind of cool. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Oh, wow. Take Another interesting $21. game tomorrow night, Seton Hall at Michigan. I think that'll be interesting. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. That's a, yeah. that's a good test. Mich- credit to Michigan. They scheduled some good games. Yeah, they did. No, hold on. Let me. Who else do they play? Seton Hall, UNLV, North Carolina later in Carolina, December. San Diego State, Nebraska. San Diego State, yeah. Oh yeah, fair enough. That's a... Oh no, Nebraska is a conference game. <laughs> oh, I, I don't think of, I don't think of Nebraska as a as a real member of the Big Ten in any sport. They lost to Western Illinois. It doesn't count. Yeah, I was about to say I. Nebraska ball is really really not. Yeah. And they, they, I, can't, I can afford, they can't afford to get rid of Fred Hoiberg either because of that contract. That's the worst part. Yeah, they can't afford yeah. to buy him out. Yeah. Oh man, that is. You want to talk about the epitome of brutality, man? That is. That is. Yeah. Right. Um, good lord. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I think that's about it. By I the mean... way, shout out. Um, shout out former Nebraska head coach Tim Miles on getting his 400th career win. Oh yeah, yeah. We now the coach at San Jose State. Week. We were talking about that the other night. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Miles. Shout out to so, Miles. <laughs> there you go. Um, oh my god. Oh, and speaking of which, speaking of which, actually not speaking of which at all. This is just off topic, but we have a very, very, very fun game coming up next Tuesday. I know we'll, we will have recorded and talked about this more in depthly, but I do want to just mention it now. Gonzaga UCLA, the twenty third. Yes. yes, that is going to be fun, man. Yes, that it, is going it, to be it'll fun. be a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah and and 10 o'clock start time for that one they're not they're not doing a super dirty they're they're, they're go they're they're going a half hour earlier each time yeah i was about to say they're progress it's progressively we'll like a seven yeah. o'clock start yeah the west coast is progressively being nicer to the east coast as the yes. season goes on yes oh my god uh, yeah that'll be interesting so oh man uh Oh, but then we go back to Gonzaga Duke at 1030 start. Uh, oh God, that, that's, man. In Vegas, that's in Vegas. On what, Friday, heck, man? what What did we do? What did we do to deserve this? Be born on the East Coast. I mean, yeah, that's <laughs> – yeah, if you want to look at it technically, yeah. 
no, I think that's your right so my, 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 my roommate at my internship uh, this year or this past summer is from California, like, mm-hmm. uh, like San Francisco, Oakland area. Sure. And he said, yeah, West Coast, following West Coast sports is kind of better. Um, but then the problem is you got to wake up early for those games. Mm-hmm. And like you gotta yeah. be ready to go at nine a.m. Yeah, that's a fact. I do like. And then there's no night games. Right. That is. There's true. no late night games. That is like true. you don't have that like ten o'clock start. You know. Mm-hmm. So, that is true. Yeah, I think that it is a trade off. You know what I mean? It is a trade off because, you know, I I've I've talked to some people on the West Coast that always say they're like it's awesome to wake up and like you know watch the NFL or something and eat breakfast, but then when it's like eight o'clock and there's nothing else on, you know, that's when right. it gets to be like, Oh man, this sucks. Right. I mean, as a soccer fan myself, waking up at seven 30 to watch the premier league is brutal. I can't imagine yeah, I I do that. Four thirty to, <laughs> to watch that. That would be not, that would not be very fun for me. Yeah, no, that would, that would, uh, that would not be great, but Hey, <laughs> oh East coast God. bias though. True. True. Yeah. East coast bias. Very much so. <laughs> so, all right. So that will be it for this week's edition of the Talking Smack podcast. Kind of a quick one, but that's okay. Yeah. Hey, man, um, you got you got basketball talk, you got some philosophy, and you also got some time zone talk. So that's right. What more that's could right. you want in a compact episode? That's right. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, so many things to talk about, both basketball and non-basketball. But uh, we'll be back next week. My name is Aiden Jolly, alongside Adam Gorski. Good night.